After Dark is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Now, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hello, hello everyone, welcome to the Mouse's Head for uh, Series 2, Episode 11, if my mind serves me correctly, and it usually doesn't. I am Paul. I am Nick. And I'm the other Paul. And joining us in the bar today, Logan, introduce yourself to us. Hey guys, thanks for having me, it's Logan Seculo, I'm the director of a new movie called As Dreamers Do about Walt Disney, and I'm really happy to be here in the mouse's head with all of you guys. It's fantastic to have you, and we will be talking to you uh, in depth about your movie quite a bit later. Absolutely, it's, it's I'll al- be around. It's always good to have directors on, because it makes us sound and feel a bit more important than we actually are. Of course, <laughs> you only saw it inside. You know? <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Ah, oh, gentlemen, let's start off as we mean to go on. Uh, what are you drinking? Um, well, last time I had a bottle of Tiger beer, which was themed after Jungle Book. This week, I've got a bottle of Tiger beer, which is which is really the same because it was three for two, and I got a little bit left over. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an extra G in marker pen on it. I just stuttered a little bit as I said it. <laughs> to the gear. Oh, well, actually, actually, Mr. Boniface has seen a real bottle of Tiger beer. It, yeah, one got handed to me. Yes, With a, it had a spring on the bottom. <laughs> Oh, memories. Um, but I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but I bought rather a lot of Bud Light Lime, so I'm still cracking through that. Uh, I'm on bottle uh, three of the day, which is quite bad for me. It's been a, it's been one of those days today. But um, yeah, not, hopefully I'll make it. It's not even like your show. teenagers playing up or anything. <laughs> no, she's not quite a teen. Um, and also, I discovered that I like red wine recently. All right. But I wasn't going to drink a bottle of that for the show. One week, maybe. When, when you haven't got to get up for work the next day. Yeah, that might, be a, that might not be a bad idea. Logan, pretending there isn't a massive time gap between exactly. us. <laughs> uh, I am enjoying uh, Walt Disney's favourite drink, a, a scotch mist for everyone. So oh, it nice. ties in for mine. Excellent. For my, the reason I'm here, so that's why. I'm, I'm having, of course, in the middle of the afternoon. And, <laughs> <laughs> Just Perfect. believe. I've, I, I've gone down a Muppet Vision 3D theme today. Because I found Fuller's Honeydew. Oh. So I have gone for the Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. So let's crack that one open. <sighs> Cheers, These gentlemen. These are my top five uh, favourite Muppet characters as well. Well, there you go. I'll, if you list at the other four, I'll try and get various top oh. four Muppet-related oh. beers. Okay, good, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> Rob, uh, okay. Stadler, Wardorf and Beaker. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the beaker but, but, might the, but, but, the beaker might be easy. You could drink anything out of one. Yeah. Um, there is that. Yeah. 
Statler, not but, sure. But of yeah. course, if our listeners, our dear listeners, think there's a way they might be able to help us locate uh, a beer with a Muppet character like that, then of course they could visit our website at www.disasterdart.com or email us at podcast.disasterdart.com. You are the master of the segue. Mm. Or, or keeping this 10-year segue gone, they could tweet us at Twitter at DizAfterDark or contact us on Facebook.com forward slash DizAfterDark. Or, or we're on Mice Chat. We, yeah, we are. Um, and Instagram, Pinterest, um, elsewhere. Just look. Apparently we're on BlackBerry Messenger now. Yes. Well. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. No. I got an iPhone. No. Yeah. I know nothing. Apparently, we can do it on no, phones. No, you can do. Yeah, you can do. Uh, you can do that on iPhones, but I, I've never got into it. There's also we're not on it yet, so don't try. But uh, there's also uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, WhatsApp. Because uh, I'm drinking my Budweiser. My Budweiser. <laughs> my Budweiser. Oh, you can see that a few of them kicked in. Um, <sighs> we're not on that yet, so don't search us. But knowing our luck, we will be on it very soon. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, Logan. Where yes. we, before we get in-depth about your movie, where can we find information about it? Sure. The best place right now is our Facebook page. We have a website, a Twitter, everything, but our Facebook is really the most updated. It's just facebook.com slash waltmovie, W-A-L-T-M-O-V-I-E, I believe. Right. <laughs> and that's also our Twitter account. Everything is Walt Movie. The movie's called As Dreamers Do, but everything, we try to make it easy. Because before we had the title, we decided to capture some domains as the script was being written, Excellent. and Walt Movie was the easiest one. So that's the easiest way. <laughs> our website has stuff. that has, has It looks you know fancier, but our Facebook has all the updated information and uh, as of right now. Excellent. And I'll make my usual completely empty false promises about remembering to put that in the show notes. Sure, please. I'll keep on you. I'll, I'll take a look. That's the problem. Do. You, now, you have a yep. listener now on your show, so I'm going to look <laughs> and just make sure. Hold them accountable. Yes, there I we will. go. I will, absolutely. Oh, well, in that, I kind of promised we wouldn't do this, but I, I feel there has been some very important stuff come out this week. So, A view of the news with This After Dark. I, I'm going to start this week because I know last time and every time I do it I let one of you start and someone steals my news item <sighs> a talking trash can has been removed <laughs> what does anyone I, I'm guessing most of our listeners are aware of Push the talking trash can um, yes and, and, I hope so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure we don't get very many new people who aren't who haven't been to Disney World or anything I'm pretty sure they're all experienced. But yeah, the talking trash can, um, out of contract. It's, it's funny because I think I'm probably the only member on the show tonight that's never actually met Push. Um, I'm very aware of him, her, it. Um, but yeah, I never actually got to meet the great bin itself. I, I was drinking around Epcot one day and started talking to a bin before they told <laughs> me it was actually a Magic think- Kingdom. It was a magic kingdom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the same one. Um, has anyone actually met him? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I've met and push on many occasions. <sighs> and it's, uh, it's sad. Mainly the weird part about that was just the way it happened. Yeah, it, it was all, um, no, 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 he's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> he, he's not going anywhere. Actually, yes, he is. Um, he's gone. And, and there was some 
kind of uproar about how it was he was using whoever it was the operator um, yes yeah. well, weirdly enough I've spoken to that operator before the guy who created I guess it's the guy that created push because yeah. he created oh, a land speeder that is like street legal or it's a golf cart land speeder from Star Wars that I was trying to buy from him that is incredible if anyone looks it up if you're oh, a Star wow. Wars fan but he created push and uh, that's pretty interesting but hang on a second so so this wasn't a real talking <laughs> bit I feel like I'm the naive person on this show because the other week someone told me Shamu wasn't real <laughs> And, and now people are telling me that a magical talking bin isn't actually a magical talking bin. No, they're, they're, they're mistaken, Nick. This it, might be my final show. Yeah, we, we're, yeah okay, but we're wrong. <laughs> so there used to be there used to be a talking palm tree in front of the Animal Kingdom as well, didn't there? Or did I did I dream that up? I don't know. There's, there's divine, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she is actually a real person. Oh yeah, no. There was at the front of the park. I'm not, I'm not a, actually a, divine because that no. would be a big fat transgender bloke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, push. I mean, they've, they've taken it out. He's out of contract. Do you, do you reckon they're planning something with a Star Wars land where they'll do an R two D two? Yeah, they had they've had R two D two a few times during Star Wars weekends. So yeah. I mean, I guess that would, that would make sense. They even had the C three PO that talks. That's really impressive. That's a really really skinny bloke. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that one works. That, that, I, I understand the talking trash can, but the real C three PO, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I've heard the what. It's quite funny you bring up R two D two because I've actually heard people refer to him as a talking trash can. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, even in the films at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Am I going to miss him? Well, I don't know. I'm sure they'll do something, and I've never actually wandered around aiming for a character photo with a talking trash can. It's nice. It's a bit of fun, but it isn't going to detract from my experience, and I'm not going to go, well, that's it. I'm having a hissy fit and cancelling my holiday now. The only thing I would say is that, I mean, again, I've only seen videos of the of the little dude, but the demise of something like that is just another thing I think is quite tragic uh, and it's lost because it's those kind of things that set out the Magic Kingdom or, or Disney Park from any other kind of park. It's That's those true. little magical touches, and I think although yes, it's only a small little thing, you know the fact that over the years we've lost so many things like that. Yeah, it's just a shame. Yeah, it, it, if that's the issue, is your issue also with kind of it's interactive, so yeah. at least you get to talk back and it talks back to you. Yeah, a, a, live, a lot. Yeah. Of, yeah, a lot of the rides of that kind of nature have been in the past, and slowly but surely they seem to be being whittled down. So yeah. it's, it's just you know, it's ride now rather than an interactive experience. Mm. So that, yeah, live entertainment. I mean, it, you're right. It's been quite a few who have disappeared over the years. It's, it's sad but true, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you know, it's it's not a not a deal breaker, but I guess yeah. I wonder what actually the, are we ever going to find out the actual story behind it there are two sides and it's been published a bit but I don't know some sort of legal wranglings going on that you won't find out the exact history of it I'm sure do you reckon somebody will make a documentary about how evil the person operates <laughs> black bin <laughs> <laughs> brilliant oh we gotta make that that, that may be just a short we gotta do with the oh album. absolutely yeah. I, yes your follow up on YouTube. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would be incredible. Black I mean, bin, how bins have been treated. Yeah. Um, I, once, uh, I once portrayed a bin 
in a school play when I was nine. So, uh, you know, I'm, so I know I've who to call. Hard auditions for push. Yeah, ex trash, ex trash cleaners at mm-hmm. I'm afraid various we'll theme parks. Of- I yeah. think push is a trademark. You might have to call it shovel something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, speaking of push, did you know that, I mean, this is just a weird Walt Disney trivia that may or may not be true, but a lot of people say it, is that Walt Disney uh, saw a trash can open just without the push door before they even invented the push door, and he said, figure out a way to the Imagineers to where guests will not see trash. So they invented the push door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me think. Uh, nowadays, that would have been a complete committee so we'll have to sit down. Uh, someone, exactly. someone decide on a method. Well, it's going to have to go to health and safety, first of all, to make sure it's not going to trap people's fingers. Uh, and then we, can we decide on a door? Well, I don't think we're quarate. So, no, officially we can't. Um, get that in triplicate. Yeah. It's going to be Maybe they're coming out with a new push. Maybe we're getting, like, new-looking trash cans at Tomorrowland. Now they're just waiting for, you know, push 2.0. Yeah. I'm, I'm now still stuck on black bin. <laughs> Blackbeard is genius. There's, there's uh, going to be photographs of, of Push having been made redundant now, wait, <laughs> waiting in welfare push lines. Was, push was taken away from yeah. all of the other trash cans. <laughs> waiting in welfare lines to collect his check. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be going back for a while, but when I do, maybe I, like you did, Paul, when you got drunk, maybe I just took some random bins in case one talks back. <laughs> anyway, disaster duck for all your trash receptacle needs. <laughs> Absolutely. We and should we should figure a way to get a trash cans to talk randomly. Like, you know, get a little recorder inside yeah. a trash can. Get on. Message message people. It's a very good Simpsons episode like that. <laughs> I would well. I, I, I can see how we can make just, this happen. Just a walkie talkie with it tape with the speaker button taped down. That's it. <laughs> Stand well back. Get oh, off! Yes. What do you think I am? Push! <laughs> Don't put your crap in here. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> oh, got any other news? Yeah, well, West Palm. That was the palm tree at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I've been doing a little bit of Googling. Oh, okay. West Palm. Oh. What, as in the play on words on my football club? I think it may be. Although, well, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, quite sure how many people would get that. <laughs> yeah. No. I, think I think it's West Palm Beach or something like that. Play on words on that. Oh, okay. That like, makes more sense. Yeah. And, and so the palm tree talked as well. Yeah, it did. Wow. I don't think, I don't think it was quite as popular as the uh, trash can. No, because if it started following you around, you'd think it was Day of the Triffids. <laughs> <laughs> or the happening, apparently. I've never, I've never seen it, but uh, I think that's what happens in that film. Um, right, other news. Yeah. I don't know you're um, go with. <laughs> exciting, exciting news from Disneyland Paris. Oh, no way. I don't know. I, well, uh, uh, what was your exciting news about Disneyland Paris? No, no, I didn't think you were going to go there. Keep going. Yeah. We'll come, uh, we'll come back to the next piece then. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah, exciting news for Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Because, because they've just revealed there's a Ratatouille ride opening this year. <laughs> hey! Is this breaking news or, or is it still a rumour? <laughs> no, straight from the uh, Philip Gass's mouth. Um <laughs> No, they had their uh, their annual shareholders meeting, which I'm not allowed to go to anymore since I refuse to buy more shares. Um, uh, well, actually, it was all in French anyway, so I wouldn't have gone. But um, yeah, they they announced that the Ratatouille thing is is opening this year. <laughs> Big surprise, <laughs> especially as they were running adverts in Germany about two weeks ago for it. Uh, apparently, it's going to be called Remy's Toasty Crazy Adventure, 
which is yeah. an update because the other week I did see it was called Ratatouille the Ride, and I thought as Paul Boniface <laughs> got involved with the. Uh, the workings of this ride, but apparently not. Uh, Remy's Totally Crazy Ride is well, what it's going to be called. Remy's Totally Crazy Ride. That's actually cool. worse than Ratatouille's Kitchen Nightmare. Or... <laughs> have I got Gordon Ramsay? You have. That's, what is that? that's the what one at Olsen Towers. That's the one at Olsen Towers. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen, kitchen Nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> Lots of swearing. Um, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, the only thing that's kind of interesting about it is um, the way the adverts are looking for the ride and the fact that um, you know it is a massive e-ticket uh, e attraction that's opening up is that the rumours are um, that the park is going to stay open longer now the studios at the moment famously close very early with good reason because you'll do it in a day anyway um, but now they've got this and the restaurant and the shop and everything like that um, it does look like they might try and extend the opening hours which I actually think would be a good thing yeah yeah, I think it would encourage people more to, to go because the thing is if your option is go to studios or go to Magic Kingdom and Magic Kingdom is open obviously all day and the studios isn't you'll probably go to Magic Kingdom and if you had time which you won't you'd go to the studios but mm. now if the studios are open late as well you could you know pretty much do both if you wanted to flit in between if, if it's open a bit longer you might actually get on um, the Crush's Coaster yeah no no no, it won't happen. Because no. <laughs> for, for the few American listeners we have, and this includes you, Logan. <laughs> hey, I've been to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm well, aware. I'm yes. aware of Crush Coaster. Yeah, Crush's Coaster is our equivalent because we don't have a Toy Story Mania. Yeah. It is the one where everyone gets down in the Usain Bolt <laughs> and then pulls the lightning pose when they actually reach the end. Because it is a mad dash. The main difference between that particular ride and Toy Story Mania is that you're also running against French people. <laughs> well, and Spanish and Germans. Spanish and Germans, yeah. And occasionally English. But it's amazing that a ride that's been open that long... Now, everyone says about the queues at Toy Story Mania, and that's been open, obviously, a few years itself, but Crush's Coast opened in 2007, I believe, and even now, queues of well over an hour... So now you know an hour and a half or so are quite often the case. Mm. It's it's ridiculous. I mean that doesn't have a fast pass system, and that's that kind of gives me a, a worry about what Disney World might be like when there is no fast pass anymore. And it's all fast pass plus. Is that if you don't get it, is that what your experience is going to be like? But uh, immensely popular ride. So you're right. Maybe it will it will help with the congestion. And surely the fact that another big popular ride is going to be opening up in that same area means yeah. it's going to take some of the, uh, the pressure away from Crush which is and, good and it's I the think. same ride system as Mystic Manor which you know I don't oh, know if I've ever mentioned stop, I've been no, on have you, yeah, have you ever been on Mystic Manor Paul? <laughs> I, I may have done yeah um, you but should tell us about it, it sometime <laughs> is Mystic Manor is Mystic Manor at all silence <laughs> I will not tolerate your insolence that, by the way, that's that's not anyone else joining us, Logan. That's just a random sound effect. Um, yeah, again, I'm aware. I know. I, I've hung out this pub before. Oh, Mystic, yeah. Mystic Manor, is it at all based on the 1980s sitcom Marble-Headed Manor? Uh, may well be. Yeah. It's closer to Rent-A-Ghost, though. <laughs> um, now, now you've laughed me. British children. Ben Siller was supposed to be remaking Rent-A-Ghost. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, bearing in mind, it's never, it's never, I don't think it's ever been shown in America. He was going to no. do a movie version of Rent-A-Go. <laughs> starring Russell been... Brand as well. well there's, a, there's a surefire hit then. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it's gone into production. I think we're okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Thank goodness. Anyway. Yeah. So, so here's where I thought you were going to go then, Nick. All right. Blank, the new Disney short story shown at Hollywood Studios. Oh, hello. You know about this one? You know what? As a Vinylmation fan, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Because the eight foot, I mean, well, I'll, I'll let you carry on with the story and I'll interject at the end. Okay, so it's a 39 minute short. It's a stop motion about um, two or a, a blank, unpainted vinylmation f- figure in search of his lost soulmate. And it's set in a miniature scale world of vinylmation. Um, they've brought it up for Valentine's Day, so it's going to be showing in the studios and a couple of times it runs a couple of times a day but it's quite a long film 39 minutes quite quite long for a short I wouldn't call that a short yeah Yeah. a a medium possibly now it was available on Google Play but when I tried to access it I couldn't actually access it on Google Play you Mm. can watch the teaser or the trailer on YouTube but I wasn't actually able to watch the whole film there is yeah I mean I've not tried this yet but I know some people have said they hadn't they weren't able to, but it is mm. there to watch. Yeah. Uh, it just seems that the link's a little bit funny. Right. So uh, have a look, guys, and if we find a proper link, we'll, we'll, we'll let you have it. Now, I've actually got some interesting facts about this, <laughs> even though I haven't seen it. So last year at D23, they all, because it's uh, a big expo, they always did limited edition items, they did sets of uh, the blank characters, the, the boy and the girl. So, sorry, uh, they're blanks. They're blank finalmations, but they did the characters. Special yeah, edition blanks. Uh, right, so... Okay, so I'll, I'll let you go. The boy, the boy has a bow tie, mm-hmm. and the girl has a pink bow. Yeah. Okay? So that's, that's what the finalmations had. Oh, exactly. Other colours are available. So they released 1,500 of these things, at 1,500 sets of these at D23. Didn't sell out. Now the film's come out, now they're eventually starting to go through the process. I'm, apparently I've got a set coming, but I, I'm wasting the confirmation. But what was interesting was they released on Friday some three-foot versions of these vinylmations. Three-foot vinylmations? Yeah. They had one of each, mm-hmm. and they were $4,000. And they, and they sold in under five minutes. I, I I was going to resort back to the language we used in the first couple of episodes. Then, yeah, yeah, please don't. HFC, I don't, I, absolutely crazy. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And I've not seen it. Apparently, it's quite nice. But I mean, the idea of animation world, even though I'm surrounded by them, is quite scary. So um, apparently, it's quite good fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, mm. for those that are interested, you can still buy complete blank ones now without any bows of any kind. Um, for about seventeen dollars, so fill your boots. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We could challenge you, Logan. Yes. Have you noticed any news coming out that we haven't? Yet? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so deep in editing. But animation is interesting. One of my, uh, uh, one of person I work with from time to time, and my wife works with with art, is an artist named Noah, who's pretty popular in the Disney parks, and he yeah. does those four foot 
or three foot, however big they are, four or five foot, they're huge. Vinylmations, yeah. yes, they sell very well. And uh, mm. it's a pretty cool though. I mean, I'm not a Vinylmation collector myself, but when I look at one, it is four feet tall. It is fairly impressive. Noah has uh, done some nine inches, which is the normal. The regular size, yeah, that's yeah, typical. You get, you get a, a one and a half inch, a three inch, and a nine inch. And his nine inches go for, shut up. He's not I could possibly <laughs> snigger at that. Ooh, misses. His <laughs> nine-inch uh, finals sell for um, over, I think they're about six, seven hundred dollars each. Yeah, when they when they're one of a kind, he typically yeah. does them. They're, they're hand painted. I need you guys if you want him on. I can probably get you him on the show. He's, he's an awesome guy, but he is. Uh, yeah, he does. He'll do them like in runs of twelve or twenty-four or something like that. And they'll they'll yeah. people will line up all night. To get, oh, to get them in the morning. I, I, I should take this offline, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to meet the guy because he's a very talented individual, I will say. Absolutely. I'm and sure. he's more than, more than Vinylmation as well. Does a lot of uh, very cool art things with oh, Disney. Oh, yeah. That's, Vinylmation, there's just one thing. He does all kinds of art, and he's just a, a terrific guy. But he, uh, I think he spends a decent amount of time. He was, I know he was in the UK couple months ago so maybe if he maybe he could pop into the pubs didn't even didn't even call me to let me know no didn't even know he had a vinyl mission collector right there could have sold tons of them at least least three well that i I, that's basically covered the news seeing as we're trying to get out of not doing it but uh, yeah it, it apparently it dates the show but then if you're going back listening to year ago shows from a year ago anyway says there's a, on the Orlando Signal says there's a small fire Thursday night at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, is, it, yeah. is it Little Mermaid? Yeah, the yep. five-foot yeah. section yeah. of the roof of the Little Mermaid ride caught fire. Whoa. I don't, I because some, some foliage on the roof got caught by some sparks from a firework. You know, I'm always curious about that. And then there you go. There yeah, you kind of would have thought that perhaps <laughs> the roofs of the... Pavilions <laughs> underneath where they let off fireworks would at least be covered in fireproof foliage. Did, yeah. they, did they not learn anything from King Kong? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean about how to keep like the Hollywood, the Hollywood King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean the actual ape himself. I no, mean the yeah. actual attraction. The Universal <laughs> Studios Hollywood King Kong. Oh, actually, actually, on that note, apparently ground... Um, groundbreaking uh, is about to commence on the new King Kong attraction which they haven't announced yet and, uh, and Orlando the, and the in new Orlando? restaurant yeah. And, yeah. and the new restaurant they haven't announced yet yeah you, yeah. Do, you do the King Kongs I'll do the food <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, the new restaurant what do we know about the new restaurant um, apparently it's possibly going behind the current Jurassic Park area mm-hmm. yeah he says, only remembering something he read on an internet page about an hour ago. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 right. It's the it's the land around yeah. that section that they're they're kind of um, going to put it in. And, and the potential for a possible new dark ride around the visitor center, but I have no idea, and it's all rumors, and we're just making stuff up. Which we've never ever done before. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, well. I kind of that's that's the news. So, Logan, yes, it's your turn to shine. <laughs> oh, very um, nice. let us know. Tell us a bit about the film. Sure. Uh, what your what where you know where it started from and just. Oh go yeah, 
I've been a Disney fan, a Walt fan, and just a fan of the parks and of the movies my entire life. I uh, I grew up reading big biographies about Walt when I was probably way too little to be reading them, and it was just always something that was a passion of mine. I grew up, like I said, loving the parks, and um, just uh, even got married there. My wife and I got married at, at Disney World, so oh, wow. it's one of those things that's always stuck with me. Uh, I've been making a lot of different movies and shorts and music videos. I live in uh, the Nashville, Tennessee area. Uh, music City, and um, okay. so I do a lot of work with there. But then, um, kind of a few a few months ago, back in this the fall, so about August, uh, we were kicking around ideas for a movie and what we could do because we really felt our company had got to the point where we could tackle something a little bigger. And of course, me being the giant Walt fan that I am, you know, stepped up to the plate as usual and said, uh, "Let's uh, let's tell this story because I really think there is this amazing untold story. It's not untold, but." If you're not a hardcore fan, you don't really know about it, which is kind of the struggles he went through as a kid all the way up until he ends up uh, in Hollywood. And really that that amazing journey, a journey that a lot of us uh, have gone through similar issues and trials and tribulations. And, you know, it, it was just an ama- amazing story. And I really wanted to share it and share it with a little bit of an ind- independent spin. It's definitely still a family movie. Uh, maybe not for little kids. It's, it has some dark stuff in it, but it's not, you know, you know, profane in any way. It's, it's just, it's, it's just a true good story. So we decided to tackle it. And, uh, now we're, we're what, six, seven months later after eight months later, after just coming up with really the, uh, I mean, they always had the concept, always wanted to do it for eight months since we really put it in, in motion. And, you know, I just finished my edit of the film and we'll be, um, premiering here in in the spring so so i mean the traditional story that a lot of disney fans know is mm-hmm. you know, well grew up got on a train drew a mouse called it mortimer and ended, right. ended up in hollywood and that's right. where most of us kind of go and, and then he opened a park Right, and, and and we don't even go. I mean, to be tr- truthful to what this movie is, the movie really is Walt's time in uh, the middle of the country here in the Midwest and his time kind of perfecting his art, even pre-Mickey, pre-everything, um, uh, really before anything that, that we're really that aware of. But there's so much that inspired him during that time. And, and what's cool about our movie is, is Walt definitely was a storyteller. When you look at the stories he told about his youth, there's a lot of historians who have kind of said, well, that's probably not true. You know, you know that guy may have paid him, but really that guy, we've looked into history, was kind of a cheapskate. We didn't pay him. Or, you know, this may, there, they, you know, there's a whole myth that he had told a story. It's not a myth. It's the story he tells about a mouse that lived in his drawer at Laugh-O-Gram Studios, which was one of their first offices. And how inevitably that became, that he kind of domesticated, and that inevitably became somewhat of an inspiration uh, for Mickey Mouse. Now, can I 100% tell you that's true? No. But Walt told it. What we've kind of said is, is instead of going to all these third-party accounts of history, uh, if Walt told the story, even if we think, truthfully, there's a good chance it's a myth, uh, we decided to tell it because in some ways we're telling the movie um, in the back of our minds, if Walt told a story about himself, if he made the own movie, if he made his own biopic, his own story, what would it look like? And that's what we tried to, you know, lightly, that's what inspired uh, the creation of this movie. Uh, and there's lots of hidden stuff for Parks fans. There's uh, references here and there. I mean, some stuff that's just straight up character names. And if you look over in the corner, if you look here and there, there's a lot of uh, Easter eggs, if you will, that are scattered throughout. So if people aren't really that familiar with Walt, but and his story, his backstory at least, but they love the parks. There's stuff in there for them. Um, 
you know, there may be a few, uh, you know, like I said, there's a few hidden gems in there. Uh, some that are very obvious and some that I will be surprised if anyone gets. <laughs> so the whole filmmaking process, when, how long ago did you finish the, the final draft of the script and the camera started sure. rolling? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, comm- I did not write the script myself. I commissioned it from a writer who is actually... Uh, I, met, I worked on the other side of, of the world. I worked in, uh, in Nickelodeon for, for a year or so, and I met many amazing writers, people that you know, worked and created on some of these giant shows for Nickelodeon and Nick Jr., yeah. uh, people that I thought were just immensely talented, and one of them was this was woman, Wendy Ott, and I brought her in uh, to write the script, and she finished the script, the first draft of the script, she finished in probably November, or you know maybe October, and then we got the final draft in mid to late November. We were cameras rolling, um, by January, was it January 2nd or January 7th, something, the first week of January. And uh, we nearly killed ourselves, you know, doing two weeks straight of production and then plenty of little things after that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we, with independent film and, and we were working non union, we weren't working with uh, SAG or working with any of the big unions. So it, it made things speed up a lot faster uh, and we had the ability to, to get it done. So, how, how long did filming take? Filming principal photography, as we say, took uh, took two weeks, almost exactly about 15 days, and then there's give or take a day or two here. Where, I mean, there's still stuff we're picking up, uh, you know, weather permitting and that kind of stuff if necessary. But right now we have the movie completed. It's just if something happens, we're waiting. Of course, here we're supposed to get like these big blizzards. Nothing ever happened, and uh, we really could use a cool scene <coughs> in the snow. But the only scene we have right now in the snow, uh, it you know, doesn't really impact the moment. So we're still waiting on a few of those things. But overall, two weeks is what it took to to shoot our script um, from front to back, working with multiple cameras, working with a couple different crews at some times, getting our narration done. I mean, everything was done within that two weeks. It was, uh, it was a pretty big undertaking, and uh, everyone needed a few days off to, <laughs> to recoup after that. I was going to say, two, two weeks <laughs> sounds like a... Hellish, oh, it was, all, it, was, it, it was a horrible idea. It was whoever, came, whoever said we can make this movie in two weeks, which I believe was me, was, 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 <laughs> it was just terrible. I, I learned a lot, which was you need to at least plan a couple days to breathe because it, uh, it, was, it was not easy, especially when we're dealing with a lot of outdoor scenes. One, the, the second day of our shoot, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what, it, you know, it, was, it was very, very, very cold. It was well below freezing. It was in the single digits, and it uh, could not have gone worse. But overall, uh, the movie itself, you, I've looked at the footage, you can't tell that our main actor is freezing. It's fine. <laughs> if you know that now, you'll, you'll be able say, to see that Two weeks just running down sounds hellishly short. Could, oh, it, for, it for, was, us, for us non-film types that imagine yeah. the average Hollywood Jean-Claude Van Damme film, takes right. about six months. Well, yeah. hang on a but second. We could be wrong. There, is, there has never been a moment yeah. in time where a Jean-Claude Van Damme film took six months to film. I'm There's telling you this right now. There's never been an Jean-Claude Van Damme film, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> so it's several below. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, it, it is something that is a process that, to say, we, I mean, we were very, very organized for those two weeks to make sure we got it done within our budget, within our time frame. And that's some of the reasons that we didn't go with it, doing Union. We had a lot of major actors that were interested in our roles. And we decided to go with mostly unknowns and some guys here locally who are uh, entertainers in general and uh, guys that were local actors who just killed it and I thought did a great job. And was it, and because of that, we weren't working under union restrictions, which would have uh, caused mandatory breaks here and there. And the, the also, we wrote the script or when I say we, we commissioned script, I directed the script, I'd say, uh, knowing that was going to be the, the process, that it was going to be a two-week shoot. So 
There's, you know, a lot of scenes, there's probably about 50 scenes in the movie, but a lot of them take place, uh, you know, a lot of them are just one person talking to another person or yeah. two, maybe maximum four or five people. So it's a very, uh, it was very manageable when it came to the way we, we were able to shoot the film. Uh, and all the locations were pretty much in our backyard. And uh, thankfully, though there was some crazy stuff that happened, um, it, it all worked out. We were able to get the movie done. And uh, I can't wait to share it with everyone. I think it's be really cool. I think it'll be very nostalgic for people that grew up watching uh, Disney movies, especially uh, movies that are sort of, the, I mean, I didn't grow up in the era, but movies of like the live action movies that Walt made in the 50s and 60s. It has, a, it has kind of a, the first half of the movie kind of has a similar feel to that. And then just people that want to get to know the man a little bit better. And uh, it's been it's been quite a ride. The interest in the film, just even before we shot a frame, was remarkable. And it's, again, it's just been crazy. But yeah, two weeks is, is short. I mean, how often do you guys put out episodes? I don't even feel like I get one every two weeks. I mean, not, not fair. We, we kind of try every two weeks. but Every I have two to, weeks, it, yeah. I have to, it doesn't take us two weeks to record it. And yeah. there's certainly not that much editing goes into it. <laughs> a lot of prep beforehand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, gotta know the you gotta know the drink. Yeah, if you don't that, know the drink, then you're made fun that, of. That's so about it. Well, the thing is, as well, the unions make us take a lot of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, the Absolutely. In so, international so, podcasters union. That sounds like a good <laughs> Logan, fun. can I just ask? Nice um, people are yeah. a bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, views, the views of our guests are not necessarily the views of Disaster Dark. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, other views are available. Um, I just wanted to ask, obviously, because of the short um, sure. time of the shoot, is what the length of the, the finished article is? Yeah, it's 90 minutes. It's an hour and a half. Um, you know, it may come in a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, but I mean, right now, my initial edit was. 93 minutes and I think the little cut down was 90 so I assume we'll end up in the 90, 90 93 minutes about an hour and a half uh, and so I mean it's a full length film we knew we were going ahead there's some, there some different you know takes that we the way we presented the film is a little different you know there's a narrator kind of an old school style narrator who's a country music star here um, not here but in, in, in the states uh, Travis Tritt who's our narrator oh. and he uh, he kind of makes it feel uh, again more like those older movies but it it, it it gave us a little leeway in production because it was uh, covering some of that opposed to having to shoot as many scenes as we would. But our actors were very prepared. Uh, we maximum, I'd say, unless something went horribly wrong, did three or four takes and made sure uh, everyone knew what they were going to do before we started. So, I mean, it was insane. I will never do it this way again. So, I mean, don't act like I'm like, oh, yeah, it was 14 days. It was great. You, you just calmly said Travis Tritt did a narration for us. Uh, I'm not sure if Travis Tritt's... I mean, I love him. He's a great the, person. The heavy metal fan inside me went, no, never heard of him, don't know who he is. And the other half just went, squee! <laughs> Travis Tritt? Travis wow. Tritt. I mean, that was honestly the cool, one of the coolest things about the movie. I mean, we, we have a lot of random people that are in the movie that have big followings. Our star, Olin Rogers, who plays Walt, his social media following is just straight up insane. And his YouTube following, 600,000 YouTube subscribers plus, uh, has all this amazing stuff. But Travis Tritt is someone I grew up on uh, and... I, it was an honor to work with him, but really, I sent, I read the script, I got the first draft of the script, and uh, in my head, for some reason, I don't know why, but the voice of Travis Tritt was in my head reading this movie to me. And I was like, you know what, you know, worth a shot. And I just sent an email, to, I found his manager, sent an email to his manager, and I uh, heard back within, uh, you know, max an hour, and said, all right, send us the script, we're interested, and... You know, within a couple of days, we had him locked down, and he was so passionate about the movie and uh, about Walt, about the story. Uh, he even wrote a song for us. The night this shows you how like he's just a cool, awesome artist. Like 
he leaves the we recorded recording studio. It was awesome. He did great. Did, uh, did you just say Travis Tritt is quite keen on Walt Disney? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I, want to I, drop any hints or anything. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, true. Uh, I don't, oh, I suppose know. if he wanted to. If he, he wanted to, he could come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. All right then. Look, I have no idea. He may. I mean, he's a. Uh, um, He's been much more passionate about the project than I thought. I mean, this he's I wasn't expecting him to be like, oh, is it going to come to premieres? I'm not sure. And his people are all about it. He's all about it. And he, the night, he, we record the whole session and he gets on his bus. He pulls up in his bus, leaves in his bus and heads on to another show. And uh, I get an email the next morning with an MP3 attached. It's like, hey, Travis was really inspired by the story and about what you guys are all doing. And he wrote you a song. Here's a song. And it's amazing. And it's just one of those guys that's just... Uh, I mean, he adds obviously a ton of credibility to our project, but it's just mm. super passionate uh, about storytelling, especially stories like this that, you know, stories that start, uh, you know, pretty much in the country and, and, and deal with uh, a lot of issues that he probably had growing up as well, being an, um, wanting to be a musician with a family that didn't necessarily know what to do with that. And I think you have uh, a lot of parallels in that with a lot of people. And that's where I think the story um, reaches out beyond Disney fans. Now, my Disney fans, I mean, I, you know, I'm a hardcore fan, so the core, uh, the core that's still my core, and that's still the people I, I want to make sure uh, love the movie. But I really do think as appeal, I mean, if you have someone in your family that's not a Walt fan, I mean, you may be able, you'll be able to catch some stuff that they don't, but other than that, I think they'll enjoy it. Yeah. I, I Did you have any... Sorry, Paul. No, 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 I, I was probably going to call sure. something no. stupid and sarcastic, Paul. so you go, Paul. <laughs> I, was just, I was just going to ask if there was any interest either from the Disney family or the Disney company or any contact. Uh, or was this I something can, completely I, independent it, of them? It is, it is completely independent. I cannot say uh, just yet what the relationship may or may not be. Um, they have not seen a cut, I will tell you that, but there is uh, – we're working on something. I, I've said it publicly and I'm fine to say it. Uh, my dream was to premiere the movie at the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, which I'm a humongous fan of. I've been multiple times. Uh, and I don't have anything other that I can say other than uh, it's probably going to be up for review of some sorts. But there's, there's some interest there. I've not heard anything, though, from the Disney company. I do have a lot of friends who work for Disney. Uh, Armand Serrano, who's one of the heads of – head of layout for – uh, Walt Disney Animation. He's working on just amazing stuff right now. Uh, he's publicly promoting it on his social media pages. He's a good friend, and a lot of guys like that who are who are involved in the Disney uh, in the Disney company are publicly saying it. Some one of my friends at Pixar is, is also doing the same thing. So what's nice is that I haven't heard anything officially from the company, but I know a lot of people within the company that are very excited about the project. Mm-hmm. So that's given us. Uh, a bit of uh, a bit of fun to see. We hope we don't disappoint them, but it's been cool to see some Disney friends and family come out of the woodwork for this for this project. And there's some great people that I, I need, definitely need to send you guys to potentially have on. I mean, just people you never expect. Uh, not only are Disney fans, but people that are just really deeply involved that love art and, and, and want to see it shared. And Tom Bancroft, who um, you may know of his, him, uh, he's a character designer for Disney Animation for the 2D days, mostly back at, at when it was MGM Studios. He came on, he's doing our, uh, he's doing uh, some of the character design for our opening uh, credits, which feel kind of like 1950s opening credits. And he created uh, Simba, young Simba for The Lion King. He created Pocahontas and Pocahontas, uh, Iago. Mushu, 
uh, you know, all of these legendary Disney uh, 2D characters. And he came on. He's here weirdly locally in Tennessee. And he came on to do some of those for us. So you can see some of those on our Facebook. We posted the, the sketches of them. So there's a lot of cool people that are involved in the Disney community. Uh, not Disney community. They were involved in the Disney company who have uh, definitely shown their support for our project. And that's a... And it's a, that's that's always exciting to say, but nothing official yet. I will say that. <laughs> You'll probably be welcomed more than Escape from Tomorrow was. So, I hope so. You know, that, <laughs> I'll be honest, man. That um, that that put us back a little bit. Uh, there was uh, Escape from Tomorrow. Uh, we had another film in the works, a documentary about people like you guys and me, uh, who are hardcore fans of the parks. Um, and that was very very far into development. But because of Escape from Tomorrow, we decided to put that one on the back burner because uh, there was just such a negative uh, stigma to that. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and tell you I didn't watch it. I watched it the day it came out. I was very interested in it. Uh, I was sorely disappointed in it as well because uh, I think the idea was actually kind of neat, the just shooting it in the parks gorilla style. But uh, I've shot on the parks legally before, and I will tell you that um, uh, they are very, very specific. They're great people to work with. I've done a few TV specials. Uh, for a few things there, and uh, uh, the fact they got away with it is is, is pretty remarkable. <laughs> well, Logan, you know, lots of British sort of period drama programs are pretty popular in the US. So I'm just saying, Paul, Nick, and I were available. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, I will be I will be in the UK in pretty much uh, the month of July. So uh -huh. if we need any reshoots while I'm there. Or if we have another project, we're working on, we're, I can't say what is, but we're, we're there for a reason, uh, researching another project for our next film. So if we need some stand-ins, if we need some auditions, I'm giving you a call. Uh, <laughs> You've got the email address. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I, um, I, I haven't used the word absolutely for about 18 podcasts. Yeah, and it, was, it was used every show, every show ad infinitum. Um, I've, I can do a very good American accent, by the way. I can't. Okay. Good day, mate. No, no, that's you know, that's, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Newcastle, uh, uh, Is that not uh, right? So uh, I, I, I was going to ask. So, how far up to? I want to say up to date, but where does the film finish? Right. Um. Pretty early. It, it films. Uh. It, it actually does. It finishes. I don't want to give away too much, but. It goes from the time he arrives on the train to Marceline, Missouri, which obviously most yep. of us know is the inspiration for Main Street USA. So it, it opens there and it uh, takes us pretty much to where he has gone through all of his uh, you know, businesses and different learning how to draw, being in art classes, meeting up iWorks. And it leads you through all there up until uh, kind of the story we know. So it, it kind of ends... Uh, about the time where he goes to Hollywood, um, it, you know, not to give away too much, but that's probably right around where it ends. Uh, and the reason we did that was a few. I don't feel I feel like once you get to Hollywood, there's a pretty good uh, story that most people know. I mean, not most people, but you know, he went there, he had some issues, Oswald and all that, and then, but within four or five years, he's created Mickey Mouse and is a superstar. Um, that may be something we dive into uh, in a future project, but I really wanted the story to be about kind of the man before he was uh, Walt Disney, essentially, uh, when he was just a guy and, you know, the relationship with him and his brother and his family. Uh, so that's that's why the story doesn't take you that far. But, you know, if you look at things like uh, Electric Park, which is a theme park or was a theme park in uh, Kansas City, if you look at pictures of that, uh, and you can hear from, from him, too, that so much of that inspired Disneyland. I mean, almost to the point of... Uh, to almost to the point of exactly, you know, so if you look at the entryway, it looks very similar. So for parks fans, there's stuff in there. Uh, 
even beyond just the little in jokes, there are there's some cool history in there as well. Uh, but we're we're leaving the door open. You never know where we're going to go next. Uh, if this one's a success, uh, we may take it uh, take it elsewhere. So I, 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 think it's, I think it's absolutely genius to be honest, Logan, because if if Hollywood was actually doing this, so you know the Walt Disney Company said we want to make a biopic of of Walt Disney, then in typical Hollywood fashion, the period that you have made your film about would have been done in a five-minute segue. Right. That's the, that actually is, is very true. When we did um, our research, there's a documentary that's a good documentary that was put out by the, by the Walt Disney family and by the Walt, kind of, kind of officially through the Walt Disney Company, just called Walt. And uh, I think our entire film takes place in the first 10 minutes of that hour and a half. And, uh, and that's true. I mean, you look at a movie, most biopics don't, don't dive into that much, but so much of that, so much of his childhood... Uh, you know, for the first half hour or so of the movie, he's a kid. I mean, like a kid, kid, like it's 11 years old. Uh, you know, from like, <laughs> and so much of that uh, inspired everything that happened, especially for us Parks fans when it comes to whether it was his love for trains or whether it was a love for just art in general or uh, Electric Park or all of these different things that happened to him in the Midwest that really inspired um, uh, the beginning, kind of the. This put the plant of the seeds for everything that would happen for the rest of his career. So yeah, we, we did that intentionally, uh, knowing that it was a story that you know I'm a big. I saw the Steve Jobs movie, and they they weirdly reference his childhood in the first ten minutes, and then you never hear about it again. And not that that's not. And the thing is, I don't know. His childhood may not have been interesting, but Walt Disney's story is sure is interesting, and um, that's why I'm excited to. I was excited to to be shooting the film and, and seeing there. If a lot of people have seen maybe the uh, Alice's Wonderland, not Alice in Wonderland, Alice's Wonderland, some of the old stuff he did at Laughagram Studios, encourage you all to look that up. We tried to nail that as close as we can when it comes to some of his production. So um, yeah, that's it's it's fun, and you're right. It's uh, if you saw Saving Mr. Banks, which I assume most of you did. I mean, it was uh, his childhood. I mean, obviously the story wasn't necessarily about Walt, but his mm. childhood is talked about very briefly. Yeah. towards yep. the end of the film and you know we get into some of that uh not maybe as hardcore as they did in that movie but we get into some of that and uh it's it, it, it i think that you'll you'll learn a lot more about the man uh and a lot more about the myth even that he that he portrayed uh through through our film brilliant where are you looking at premiering it in the states sure uh well, like I said, we're we're very interested in doing the, the Walt Disney Family Museum. That's our dream, but I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna say that you know that that's where it's gonna happen because there's a lot of a lot of hurdles to go through for that. But not to say that they haven't uh, been very gracious to us. The uh, we're, we're talking to a few different places. We are definitely premiering at UCLA University of uh, or California, Los Angeles uh, as our LA premiere. And the reason we chose a college is number one, it's an awesome Disney club of, of kids that really wanted to see the movie. Uh, and that kind of fit with our independent spirit, uh, you know, colleges and film schools and things like that are, are places that uh, really thrive for independent films. So we decided that's where we're taking it. We're in talks with other festivals, but most importantly, our movie, I want to make sure our movie's just available. So for for you guys uh, in the UK and then uh, for American audience, for American audience, it'll be available on uh, Amazon and iTunes and all that inevitably and initially will launch for everyone worldwide on our website at waltmovie.com where everyone can download it, can stream it, can do whatever they want with it, uh, except for pirate it, please. Um, they can do anything but, but steal it, I'm fine with. Uh, and uh, it'll be available for everyone pretty much at the same time it premieres. Uh, you know, we live in a different time now where 
you know, typically you'd go festivals and we try to sell it to distributor and all these different ways. Not that distributors haven't been interested, but for us, we feel like um, the Disney fans, the people like me, the people like you and the listeners uh, are so dedicated, have already shown so much passion for our project, even started showing so much passion. I mean, we crossed 30,000, 40,000 on our Facebook page before we even rolled, um, are so passionate about this film that you know we believe that you know we need to kind of cut out the middleman and uh, just get, get it directly to you guys as as easily as we can and I hope we do something um, depending because obviously to get into uh, the major retail outlets uh, not in the US is, is a little bit of a stretch for us it's a, it will, we'll do it but it'll take some time other than through our website so we hopefully if, if I'm there in the summer I hope to to see you guys and maybe we can put on a show and, and somehow uh, we, show we, this movie we hope too yes yeah. So uh, it's going to be everywhere, though, and I really hope people should just um, check it out and, and go into it knowing, you know, we, we've debated whether I'm going to have an intro before the movie or not to kind of explain what you're going to see because right. it is not necessarily the most typical biopic. It definitely has an indie flair to it. And it also is uh, – it's, it's also this sort of magical, fanciful story that's, that's very true and honest, but it's just – uh, a lot of fun, and when you see something written in, in period time too, and it's supposed to be in the 1920s or before, that sometimes movie 1905, 1906, uh, the dialogue can come off a little um, over the top. But it, some of it's just the way people spoke, mm-hmm. and some of it is it is a tribute to uh, the way Walt told stories. And we want to make sure people get that and don't think we just uh, are making this very strange independent Walt Disney movie. You know, I, I think though it'll. Uh, It'll definitely appeal to everyone, and, and uh, like I said, hopefully it's available. Our plan is available in the spring. We don't have a specific date yet. Uh, we should very soon, uh, and we're shooting for probably in, in May, I would say is pretty safe to say. Uh, and uh, we hopefully have it available to anyone who wants to see it. <laughs> Flynn, sit. They allow dogs and pups, right? And, uh, yeah. uh, as long as they're, um, yeah, they're working or seeing or. or okay, so it's for... not just like any because I've been to like I've spent much time in France and it is kind of like they're just everywhere. So yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like that where it's like I'm eating dinner and under my feet is a Doberman. Uh, they, can, uh, they can bark in a French. I like, can you imagine the the dog that you just heard is so small. I know, I know you thought it was like, I don't it know, like Beethoven or something, but it actually wasn't. Uh, I love that's the first place we went to. He's very excited about the film, Logan. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Our, our, there, is, um, there's a, there are no dogs in the movie. There's a cat in the movie. There's a horse in the movie. And some horse. So there's enough for people to – so dogs will probably enjoy watching it because there's a dog or because there's a cat and a horse uh, in the movie. So. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, thank you for that. Well, stick around because oh, yeah. um, we, we're going to take a break in a minute. But the news is I finally, on the Disney movie front, got to see Frozen the other week. Oh, Congratulations. Great. Finally managed to get my daughters and we all went to see and we ended up going to see a sing-along version. <laughs> which is bizarre because I'd never seen it before so I didn't actually know the songs and it's actually quite off-putting with the subtitles I've not seen the sing-along did, did people actually sing in your theatre? yes because it was a bit like my Facebook and YouTube feed it was full of little girls. Stage, <laughs> stage school brats <laughs> singing stage along other stage school, school kids are available of course not just brats yeah I've noticed but no it was full and it was like do you mind shutting up? I'm trying to watch the film. Anyway, the film, the film. What did you think of the film? Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. 
Okay. I, I, I'm just going to say okay. I actually thought the songs in Tangled fit more with the movie. It was almost like they'd gone, quick, write some songs and then get Broadway stars to sing them and then write a movie around them. You know, what? we were we were actually listening to the soundtrack yesterday, as I actually mentioned to Logan, uh, pre, pre-discussing the show. And um, when we was actually driving on listening to it, I actually said the difference between this and other Disney movies of that kind of type is that you, you hit the nail on the head. It was written by Broadway musical writers. Right. When you look at films like Tangled or Princess and the Frog or Little Mermaid or anything like that, the songs are very good. But when you hear Frozen, the songs from Frozen, you think that, that could be on a stage. Yeah, and, and lo and behold. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I love, I think the songs are great. I, 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 I can't, yeah, I'm not going to... And, and I'm suddenly going like, to hoik my Calvin Klein's out of my jeans and, and lower my jeans to my waist level. Um, I'm not going to diss the songs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it did seem that it was a movie written around the songs rather than the songs written to fit the movie, which, yeah, fair enough. It was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The girls thoroughly enjoyed it. And every now and then... I've got a, I've got a seven-year-old now because she was seven yesterday. Happy birthday, Ellie! Not that you listen to Dad at all, um, but yeah, she quite often goes, Dad, 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 can you play the wanna see, wanna build a snowman song? That's the one. She doesn't care about anything else. The wanna build a snowman song is the one that she sings along to, um, and she doesn't go to stage school, so I might just post it on YouTube anyway. We um we wow. bought the uh, well, I bought uh, for a, a joint present for my wife and child the other day a singing Olav. <laughs> oh, I saw that song. Oh man, that's that's been a source of much entertainment the last couple of days. <laughs> the, the, I saw it in the Disney store yesterday. <laughs> the, the reason I mention it is because as we go into a break, um, we've got the pub singer, <laughs> and he does requests. In fact, he's got accompaniment this week. Are you ready for this? <laughs> you, you're not ready for this. The snow goes white on the mountain. How many people are turning off their iPods right now? I'm just impressed by his range. There's a range. Here we go, here we go. Build up to it. Yeah, yeah, 
this voice has got all the power of a thrush's fart. <laughs> and to go in conjunction with all the fact that my YouTube and Facebook is filled with these stage school brats singing versions of this. Um, we're posting that on YouTube for our listeners to download if you want. Complete with a video. <laughs> <laughs> thank you pub singer for that that is absolutely brilliant um i recommend going to i'm not going to play the whole thing now because we'll probably get done for copyright or something um but i recommend going to youtube and downloading it because it, it is utterly brilliant i don't think we'll get done for copyright maybe slander if, yeah. if, if you need anyone for your next, you know, if, if Travis Tritt isn't available, absolutely, for yeah. your next soundtrack, just, just give yeah, us a call. You guys notice. are just full of talent over there, man. Oh, full of something. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone who's everyone's asking for a job, but that guy, that guy is. Uh, oh dear. Right. Um, the you, the burning the, question. Carry on. What? No, I was going to ask if it's the burning question time. It is the burning question of the day, and I haven't got a jingle for that. So, uh, hang on a minute. <sighs> Burning question of the day! You can't tell I've been drinking, have you? <laughs> I'll get the pub singer to do the jingle for it. As you can hear, like, <laughs> once again, full of talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. The burning question raised on Facebook was... Assuming you can never, ever go back to the parks of your choice. Whether that's through, I don't know, fatal injury or the park closing down or whatever. We didn't specify. Being banned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being completely thrown out for going yes. down in the tunnels or something. Or forever. Yeah. Forever? Or out in the way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, what would your last ride or experience be? And Why? So and should we go to Facebook first? Let's go, yeah, let's go to Facebook first and then we'll give our take on it because, you know, obviously we're the ones that are important and correct. <sighs> well, the first one was posted by our good friend of the show. I mean, basically, he's the fifth Beatle, even though there's only three of us. Yeah. Um, Craig, who said that his would be the carousel of progress because it just reminds him of... Um, reminds him so much of past holidays and he loves sitting in the theatre with his beautiful girls singing along it also reminds him what an amazing man Walt Disney was which I think was uh, pretty good very good yeah yeah, yeah I approve yes <laughs> gets the Logan thumbs up uh, yes absolutely uh, Steve Riley from Dedicated to DLP who are now or at least by the time you're listening to this allegedly part of the micechat.com network oh Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Um, he, he first of all wondered how many people read that question in the voice of Taylor Swift. You no, are I'm... never, ever, ever going back to a park. Yeah, no, it was literally just Steve Riley. It, it was, although I have to admit, from a Taylor Swift perspective, I like the fact that she thinks we're never, ever getting back together, which means me and Taylor Swift were once together. <laughs> Aha! Well, I don't want your back, Taylor, anyway, so, you know. Um, he would choose Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland Paris. Um, as the boat goes through the burning, burning village, he'd jump out and hide, and they'd have to drag him out kicking and screaming. Just that was a redhead. They'll never catch you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or dress up as Jack Sparrow and see if anyone knows. 
Because he's not there yet. Uh, yeah. Caitlin Albone, our, I believe, number one fan, said, I think I had to say Fantasmic because in compasses, I can't even pronounce it, I've, I've just had my fifth beer. It's too, one or two too many. Uh, <laughs> because it encompasses Disney for me even more so than Wishes because it brings all the characters together and the music is wonderful and the reason I got into Disney in the first place was because of the movies. I love the villains and they are in there but seeing Mickey and her favourite Mickey triumph over the villains is the icing on Disney cake for me every time. Runners up are one man's dream or celebrated magic or fellow magic. And ironically enough, when I, I asked this question to Lindsay yesterday, before reading these comments, that's exactly what she said as well. So great minds, I'd say there. Excellent. Okay. Um, what else we got? Uh, Resort Loop Bob, who is Bob from resortloop.com and the Resort Loop podcast. Pop, popcast? I'm going to call this a podcast because I've been drinking. Not that, <laughs> not that you couldn't tell. No. Um, Resort Loop Bob's going to go with either Jungle Cruise or the Carousel of Progress which considering this is the last time I, I don't know we can allow either's so um, Bob we need to come back on your pop pop <laughs> we need to come back on your podcast and, and, and discuss this um, both are classic Disney and have Walt's touch then he'd stand in front of Cinderella's castle until security had to tase him <laughs> I like that last answer yeah I, the, the visage of would they be the the, the cl- plain clothes security or, or would they be Disney security and, and do they even carry tasers I don't know I actually liked Mike Nelson who actually first of all put excellent questions so thank you we'll feed that back to uh, the writer um, our last full day here so so he's obviously out there at the moment so they're in the light the night late at Magic Kingdom finishing with Pirates in the Haunted Mansion best rides and one of the longest walks from attraction exit to front gate and I thought that was genius mm-hmm. because you know if, if it was going to be the last time you was there you'd want to prolong yeah. it as long as possible yeah or security are going to have to drag you out kicking and <laughs> yes. screaming um Louise Waghorn, Luags, uh, previous guest on the show, and welcome back whenever you feel n- the need. Yeah. Um, Illuminations at Epcot stood with her family and a glass of sparkling. Good call. In brackets, yeah. An ideal way for a Disney adventure to finish. If that could bring back the Tapestry of Nations parade beforehand, that would make it perfect. We can't specify that because we didn't specify what would be the last moment. But there we go. Um, one outside of the parks, though. Uh, sorry, one outside of Disney, because a lot yeah. of things were Disney influenced. Yeah. But Stuart Meek said, my personal uh, least favourite ride of all time, uh, Popeye and Bluto's Build Bard <laughs> Rats. I've spoken about my disdain of that ride before. One, because it's an amazing ride. It's not, you liar. But mainly because me and my family love watching the Americans come on in Packamax, full waterproof outfits on a water ride, and we intentionally wet them, their wet asses. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. He's more drunk than I am. It's really hard. This entire experience in both franchises hard not to love everything, including it's a small world. Um, yeah, so it was it was interesting that someone chose Universal because most people did see it from the Disney point of view. So um, we, we've got we've got a few Universals. Um, Lee Malaby from Unofficial Universal and the podcast said he would love to spend his last 
dying moments in uh, in Twister. He's the only person ever to say that. He didn't really. I just sort of get that one in there. All right, okay. <laughs> but uh, Vicky Wells, again, another listener and regular. Um, if I could never go back, I'd go to Epcot and just find somewhere to hide and never actually leave. <laughs> We've got some stalkers listening to us, haven't we? Um, <sighs> yeah, they're not stalking us, though. Uh, no. mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's Stuart Miller. Yeah, I like um, that. Can, can I... I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be very uh, forward. Stew. Um, as much as I loved Universal and Islands of Adventure, I've got to say my favourite roller coaster of all time is the Smiler at Alton Towers. Stuart, what? I've never, been, I've never been on it, but uh, actually, I did read a comment on Facebook earlier from another podcasting friend of of, of ours, um, Mr. Adam Goodger, former person that's been on the show as well. Um, who said that you'd overheard people at Alton Towers say um, today say that uh, why would they ever go need to go to America when they've got Alton Towers? Completely missed up out there. Never mind. It just seems like a pointless self-answering question, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, to be honest, we could do another 40 minutes of answers, but, uh, you know, Stacey Bradley, very good answer as well. Lisa Green, Melissa, who wanted to be locked up in Cinderella's Castle for a final night. <laughs> Um, you know, thank you very much for everyone that contributed to ask that question. And really, I suppose it's time for us it's to answer it. It's time for us to answer it. So I'm going to start with you, Nick, as you're the one winding up here. This. Right. Get in there. Your, um, your last ever moment in a Disney park or Universal park of your choice. Um, can it can it be time related? What do you mean? Well, because the thing is, the one regret that I've always got in life is I never got to go on confrontation. So I'd probably go back to 2003 and go to Universal Studios in Florida by confrontation. I'm not sure our webmaster and Facebook master is necessarily including time travel in the question. So no, I'm not allowing that answer. Oh, okay. Uh, in that case, then, I would say um, Hollywood Studios, Rock and Roller Coaster, on the way out tower, um, onto Toy Story Mania, which I had a fast pass for earlier, uh, just before I pop out finally go and see Fantasmic and then exit the park and never come back yeah hmm cool okay a, Mr D that was a three for one wasn't it uh, it was yeah <laughs> well I was I would have gone Epcot uh, eliminations but since that's been done then I think I'm going to have to finish on Bushes rather than a raid I think uh, I think if you're going to go with a bang that's the way to go all right, Logan. The fatal question. Sure. Yeah, I had to go back. Does any Disney park count around the no, world? Any Disney park any, around any, the okay. world? This would be okay. your last. Sure. It, I, you know, I'm a Honda Mansion hardcore fan, and wishes was a good answer. I thought about that too, but I think I know you guys haven't probably experienced it just yet. But uh, World of Color at Disney California Adventure, I think, would be the perfect way to end my Disney experience. Permanently. It's because you're having Disney dreams. Just, just an amazing show. Um, and I, I think that would be... I, I thought about Wishes. Wishes was a good one, too. But since you already took it, I'd say uh, World of Color. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I, I thought about this, and, and then I, I got into the specifics of the question, because we aren't specifying whether or not this is your last trip because you've just been thrown out, right. or, your, or your last trip because you're about to get hit by a bus. Right. So... 
assuming that I'm not about to get hit by a bus and I'm still around to do a podcast afterwards, then what I kind of think I'd like to do is I'd like to go back and do Mystic Manor again so I can come back and gloat about it because you lot haven't. <laughs> um, but then again, I thought, well, in that case, I'm going to go to Tokyo and I'm going to ride the Tower of Terror in Disneyland Tokyo because I haven't hit Tokyo on my wish list yet. Or possibly if the and I've see I, I I added a few more. If it is a fatal, I'm going to get hit by a bus afterwards. Then I'd like to go on one of the rides in Shanghai because it means I've got a few more bumps yet. Because it isn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I've just had some breaking news. Oh, from my wife. Um, Frozen has won the BAFTA for best animated film. Spoiler alert. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, VR really later. Well, well, it, well, it wouldn't be a spoiler if it hadn't, A, just been on television and B, be uh, another three days TV. before. We don't, we don't get our BAFTAs till like <laughs> eight o'clock here tonight, so I've got like five more hours till I get. Quick, go and tell your friends. Yeah, quick. Get, yeah. What, what's, what's gambling like in Tennessee? Quick, yeah, get down. Coke, I've got bet on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not, not so much. I don't think, uh, I don't think we, we don't have many. I have to drive to Mississippi, so it would take me about <sighs> five hours. But uh, I will. Sadly, I think that it was, it, that's a pretty sure bet. I don't think, uh, I don't think the Croods was going after anything. <laughs> uh, I saw it the other night. And it was a good film, but it wasn't. Oh, it's so. not bad. I got, no, I got nothing against the Croods. I just figured, come on now. But, in but comparison. The, the songs are a bit lame. <laughs> and it's never going to make a West End musical. <laughs> oh, but back to the future. I mean, American, yeah, American Psycho, Back to the Future. Uh, back to the Future, okay. Did you just say, have I missed some news here? American Psycho going to make a musical. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that one offline. <laughs> yeah. yeah Stars, I, Stars from Matt Smith and Doctor Who. Oh. Really, I know I've had some drink, but I'm really not making up. <laughs> that's, yeah. I read about that too. That's, uh, that's at, happening. At that point, I think it's about time I hit this button. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm going to have to go and bang my head against the toilet wall now. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, listeners, thank you very much for joining us. We shall speak to you in two weeks' time, which for our resort loop followers is a fortnight. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Good night, guys. Thank you. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. You stole it! Well, now instead of having Deutschland's greatest beer, we merely have fourth best. Bein Steiner Marzen, Radenberger und... Und... Und Bex? Und Bex? Ja. Und Bex! Ja. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>